Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. And may, my name may or may not be Todd Hicksonville, a.k.a. the Todd Father. And we have I said a, that really fast. We have a great episode for you today. Todd, I don't know about you, but I am so excited for our guest on today's All episode. that I can say is I think that Sam has screamed in this episode that we're about to listen to more than any other guest we've ever had because he's <laughs> awesome. And the Sam that we are talking about is Sam Collier. Now, Sam is an author and speaker. He is the director of the City Strategy for the Rethink Group. And he's also um, a North Point personality as well. He's found at the North Runs Point Runs a podcast Churches. called A Greater Story. A Greater Story. And speaking of A Greater Story, A Greater Story is this week's Learner's Corner podcast recommendation. David okay, okay. Let's let's rewind because <laughs> I'm going to say that because Caleb can. So this week's Learner's Corner podcast recommended resource of the week is a greater story. The podcast, a greater story by Sam Collier, as well as his book, Find Your Voice. And we are so excited about this conversation. But before we get into this conversation. We have something's big's happening. A huge announcement. Something big's happening. Not only is it what is it? Not only is it the summer, but all throughout the month of June. I got my beach bod. We are releasing two episodes a week. All through the month of June. We did this back in January, C Mason. Yep, and we're gonna do it in June. We have just so many awesome conversations that we want to get them to you as quickly as possible. And so we're going to be releasing episodes on Tuesday, like normal, and on Thursday, all throughout the entire month Doing of June. Big. And so that's our big announcement for today. Now, as we were mentioning earlier, we have a great episode. Sam is a fun guy. And he's a friend. He's a friend. Sam, wherever you are, I'm sure you're listening to this podcast and you're in your car going, hey, or something, because you are awesome. And I, I got to tell you that talking with Sam, like, it was so funny because even after we were done recording this episode, I think we talked for another, like, 15 minutes. Oh, it was longer than 15 minutes. It was crazy. I mean, Sam just is so friendly, so willing to share his to share what he's learned. Um, and, and also hungry to learn from other people. Like, it was so funny. He started asking us questions uh, after the fact, after we were done recording. He's asking us questions. I mean, it was just such a fun time with Sam. Really appreciate him. Um, this is going to be a great episode. And so, with that, here is our conversation with Sam Collier. Well, Sam, we're so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Man, I'm so excited to be here. You guys are incredible. Listen, if this podcast has not blown up yet, it's going to blow up, baby. I'm just saying. I can feel it. I'm still salty that you couldn't find us. So, guys, we're doing this over Skype, and he's offering us to give us something to drink. I'm just salty he couldn't find anything. (laughs) I I didn't have anything. I said, man, water. What can I get through this computer screen that won't destroy my computer? Ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay. Well, Sam, you recently um, released a book called Find Your Voice. What yeah. Made, what made you want to write this book? Man, well, you know, one, I want to say, you know, honored to be here. Um, I know we've been trying to make this happen for a second, and I feel like I finally have something to say, right? And I, I didn't have too much to say before, but now I think, you know, just through the Orange team and with the help of Reggie Joyner um, and, and Orange Books, Mike Jeffries, all of that, 
I think we were able to craft a message that I think we all felt comfortable with me owning and presenting. And so what I want to do, I want to just read uh, just the first couple sentences by Tadashi because he did the forward and I think he captures the essence of why the book was written. Anyway, he says, to most, this may seem like another book on personal development, but it is so much more. This is a manual, a roadmap for survivors on how to navigate the congested highways of our thoughts and emotions to find the road we were meant to travel so we don't just survive, but thrive. Woo, I like that. (laughs) Are you sure he didn't rap that somewhere? That's that's what I'm saying. It's like, man, you're a lyricist, right? (laughs) But but I think he captured the essence of why we wrote it. We wrote it so that we could help people thrive Mm -hmm. and not just survive. I mean, for me, one of the statements I say at the top of the book is, you know, I wrote this book because I was set up to fail. And which we, we'll get into maybe on, on the next show. But, you know, the next book is about a greater story. But the whole the, a greater story thing is all about this idea that um, I was given up for adoption when I was young. You know, me and my twin sister and, you know, we, we met our biological family for the first time. Um, in 25 years on the Steve Harvey show, which we can talk about on the next one because we can go for hours on that one. Uh, but our mother, when she had us, she was addicted to crack cocaine and our dad was addicted to crack and they were just in poverty and all types of things. And ab- so our life started with abandonment. Um, and she kind of sent us up the river like Moses, you know, hoping that everything would work out. But through that, um, even getting adopted by a lovely couple but still had to choose every single day uh, to make the right choice. Because I got friends right now, um, some of them are in prison, some of them are not living, and then I got friends that are lawyers that we all grew up on the same block. And so it was just about the choices that we were making. And so that's I wrote this book to help people make better choices so that they can put themselves in the atmosphere for their voice to be found. Yeah. Well, I absolutely, I absolutely, I read the, I read the book in one sitting and I absolutely love it because, you know, I think, you know, one of the nerd alert, (laughs) thanks man. Hey, it's just that, I'm just gonna be honest. It's just that good of a book. So if you haven't read, I'm just going to plug it. If you haven't read it already, you need to buy it and you need to go get it right now. Thank you, man. But it's so, it's so good because I think especially, you know, a lot of whenever you know young leaders ask for advice, I think one of the things is you know about finding your voice. And at least as far as I know, they're really, they're really had like maybe some books like briefly talk about the importance of finding your voice. But I love how you practically give like details of like you know here's some things that you can do to literally just find your voice, and that's what the whole book is about. Mm. And so just as we kind of start, you know what what are like one or two keys to helping people find their own voice. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest key of all is putting yourself in the atmosphere. And I'm going to repeat myself, but but I want to repeat it just as a as a as a linchpin, um, a, a foundational principle that one of the best ways to find your voice one is to help others find their voice, but also one of the best ways to find your voice is to put yourself in the atmosphere in which your voice can be found. So for me, one of the things that I realized. Um, early on is that I had a lot of dreams, which I think if you grew up in America or in a positive environment sure. or even in a negative environment or, or you watch TV, you do whatever, there's something about us. And maybe we can say God gave it to us, which I think he is, which I think he did, 
Um, we, we all have dreams. We all have things in us that we want to come out. We all have something unique that we go to sleep thinking about and wake up in the middle of the night going, man, I, I think there's more to this life. And I think there's something that I may have to, you know, have to contribute. And so for me, what I realized was that me and my friends all had dreams. But what separates your childhood dreams from uh, a, 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 a dream living in reality, the fulfillment of that dream? And what I found was that it wasn't the dream. The dream wasn't enough. For me to do great things, I had to get around people that had done those great things yeah. to help me figure out how to do it and to hear from maybe even some of them, hey, you can do it. Greatness is available for you. I heard this uh, statement by Meek Mill. I just want to shout him out. You know, just, you know, <laughs> I, I, now I am a, you know, a minister by trade. And so I do. <laughs> I do, I do want to say, you know, it, it is what I do watch what I put in my ears, but but also I, I stay current in what's of happening course. in culture, right? Of listen, course. I like, always say it like this. I, I listen to their music so that I know what the kids are listening to. <laughs> exactly. So Meek Mill just is. got out of prison. <laughs> and you know, he, he's doing a lot with uh, helping to reform criminal justice. But one of the things he said was that, you know, he hangs out with some billionaires. He hangs out with the, the president of the 76ers or the owner of the 76ers. And he said, he asked, he, when he first met him, he started asking him all types of questions, just like, okay, so when did you make your first million? When did you, you know, hit $100,000? You know, when did you do this? When did you cross over? When did you accomplish greatness? Tell, take me into those moments. And he said something that I loved. He said, you know, when I hear other people tell me exactly the moment it happened or how they did it, I feel like it's possible for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, for me, I think the best thing you can do, the number one thing you can do to find your voice is to put yourself around people that have found their voice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to ask a follow-up to that. Please, so please. What if, what if someone is like, okay, I need to put myself around the best people. How, how do I go about finding who those people are? Yeah, you know, I think, I think it's about taking the limits off of your mind, first and foremost. And going, with the dreams that I want to do, you know, who are the people that are actually doing it? And if they're not doing it, or if no one has done what I want to do, like if I want to pioneer and do something new, what, what, who's a person that has done something the closest to what I want to do? And, you, I mean, obviously Google now helps us do this because <laughs> yeah. you can write down, you know, mechanical engineer and da, 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 you know just people 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 after people after people after people even on facebook they have now the career things and yep. you can find millions of people that do what you do and some of them might be in your own backyard some of them might be your next door neighbor and you didn't know until you wrote it down and so i think you write it down and i also think that you, you know you don't limit yourself on who you may be able to reach out to one day i think one of the great things about you guys that we've even talked about is you know you guys are in ohio i'm in atlanta and so you guys are just i mean i didn't even know you guys you just reached out and i was like okay guys let's, let's you know let's figure it out you but i think what i love about you guys is that you're not afraid to reach for what you want and you believe it's possible yeah. Right. You believe it's like I don't have to know you to connect to you. I'm going to reach out and see what happens. And I think that there's a lot of folks 
um, that that are living and that exist, that have dreams um, and want to connect with the right people, but they're afraid to reach out. They're afraid to even believe that it's possible that they could actually connect to their hero. And I'm not saying I'm your hero because I don't think you connected me for that. <laughs> but I do think that there's something to be said about going uh, to uncharted territory and believing that something great can happen. I think I connected. I tried to connect with you because you're just a really well dressed person, and I try to surround myself with those people. Listen, I listen. I, I yeah. I'm the listeners know I'm weird. So you I love that. So I, we Caleb and I we both attended Orange Conference uh, at the time that we're recording this episode. It was only a couple weeks ago that Orange Conference happened. You said something at Orange Conference in in one of your your talks that you you gave and you were talking about uh mentors and what mentors kind of do and you actually I think you had your two of your people that were that were there and they were people who who really influenced you and you said and you just talked about um how you can reach out to people does your a mentor have to be a person who you know personally and you can sit with and talk to or can they just be people that you look towards like I think about, um, you know, folks who I've read everything that they've ever written, listened to everything that they've ever been on. Um, and to me, some of those folks are a mentor, but how can that person be the mentor or is this a different role it's playing? So I think that's such a great question. I mean, I, I think I want to say simply first, and then I'll break it down, that I think mentors come in levels. You know, I think you have top tier mentors. You have mentors from afar. You have close up mentors. I think you need both. And the reason I say that is this. Um, I, I think you need, how do I want to say it? Uh, you change your mind, you change your life, right? So it's this idea of in, in, in Romans, it's like, do not be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I, I love what we're talking about in, the, in that passage, because what he's saying is that the change happens in our mind. Mm. That's what happens. If we, if we can see it, then maybe one day we can be it. Now, if God doesn't will it, it won't happen. But for the most part, if we, even if he's willed something for us, if we can see it, then we can go and be it. And so I think that it's, you, you have to have mentors from afar because they introduce you to information and to different vision and the possibilities. They stretch your mind. They renew your mind. And they, they, they let you know that it's possible and they introduce you to a new thought process. And just by the changing of the mind, your life automatically changes. But here's where the kicker is. The reason I think you need both it's because of this. So for three years, we took 30 young adults on a, um, a, a, a path, in, in a sense, to help them discover what their purpose was or if they already knew or their visions or their dreams. You know, we, we, we helped them figure out how to accomplish it. And it was really a case study. Um, they were pri primarily minority millennials. Some had master's degrees. Some had doctorates. Some didn't go to college. Some had businesses of their own. Everybody had visions and dreams that they wanted to accomplish. And here's what we realized after three years. We realized that we had sessions where we would teach them a ton of information and we expose them to the best speakers in our cities. You know, folks, millionaires came out, uh, entrepreneurs came out, uh, CEOs came out, uh, wh whoever they wanted to be, we exposed them to those people. But the information wasn't enough. 
we we either won them or lost them in the application. I mean, it was everything. The application, and what I mean by that is this, it's, and I'm gonna break down for them. You know, when you listen to a sermon, um, and then you know you talk. And I know you guys preach, so I'm sure you you've experienced this, where you, you, you give a sermon, you give a message, and then you go and talk to like ten different kids yep. about what you said, and everybody says something different. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we're like, I didn't say that. <laughs> and sometimes you're yeah. like, is that even in the Bible? Right. <laughs> right. You're like now. I was talking about uh, forgiveness, and you're talking about Jordans, and I, and I don't know how we arrive, but that's how our brains work, right? It's like we all come from different things, so you need a mentor on the ground with you to help you process the specific information that you have and apply it to your specific situation as well. So for me, I, we had this where, where the transformation happened was when we were in the parking lot after the big session talking one-on-one for four hours about the principle they heard today and what the mental block was that they had that was keeping them from accomplishing it. And for some people, I mean, it was as simple as, you know what, I just can't get past what my mom told me when I was 10. It's killing me. Yeah. You know, you're telling me I need to go and, 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 you know, pursue a mentor and, and, and believe that I can do it but I can't believe because my mom said something to me. And so in that moment, I had to stop and go, wow, you know what? I did not address your specific situation in the keynote, but let me talk to you right now and say, let those words go that your mom said. Actually, tell me about your mom. What happened to her? Oh, you know, when she was younger, did so and so. She never accomplished her dream. Oh, so do you think that she was discouraging you because she never accomplished it? Do you think that she told you you couldn't do it because she never could do it or because she never saw somebody do it? Oh, my gosh. Yes, that is why. So I was a victim of her own of her mediocrity or of her failure. Yes. And you can't do that stuff from afar. You can't get that from a keynote. You can't get that from a sermon. You need somebody that can mentor you, take you to the side and apply certain information and pertinent information to your exact situation. And help you break through it. Yeah. That's what I think. And so the other the other thing that you talked about, and I had never really heard of it. Um, until, We've been talking about this literally <laughs> since you said it at Orange Conference. Until you said it at Orange Conference. <laughs> literally. But it completely makes sense, is that there's a difference between um, have, having a mentor and having a sponsor. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you know, that uh... – that might be volume two of Find Your Voice because we're, we're, that's the only part we left out. So this is an exclusive. <laughs> and actually, you know, what happened was um, me and Reggie sat down and we started talking about that. And um, when we started talking about what I was going to say in Orange, um, we had to shift the message a little bit because this book is to help folks find their voice. But what he wanted me to talk about uh, was how to teach youth pastors or youth leaders um, to help their students or the next generation find their voice. So it's equipping leaders to help other people find their voice, you know? So we shifted a little bit. And so uh, uh, one of the things that we talked about was just this whole sponsor idea that mentoring is not enough, that when we usually think about mentors, we usually just think about somebody that can pour into us and be there for us and give us the information and all that. But 
when my life changes, when my mentors turn into sponsors. And I talk about this in the book a little bit. I just don't coin the term sponsor. But a sponsor is somebody that goes beyond a mentor. A sponsor is somebody that says, I hear your dream. Here's the information on how to get to your dream. Now, let me take you to that dream. Or let me connect you with someone else that can take you to that dream. A sponsor goes beyond. And I'm hoping that we can get mentors in this day and age um, that not only just pour information and show up and be and be present, but that sacrifice their life and their relationships for someone else to move forward. Okay, so you've talked a lot about having a mentor. I think that's one focus, especially whenever you know, with us being on our, us being in our twenties and stuff. You know, I think people are always you know asking, "Hey, I need I need to find a mentor or help me look for a mentor." Yeah. The other thing that you talked about. Is that sometimes helping or sometimes finding your voice means helping others find your voice? Can you yeah. talk about the like the importance of not only having a mentor, but even being a mentor for other people? One hundred percent. I mean, we in the last uh, I guess I don't want to stanza or section of the book. I talk about this idea of followers. So we break it down when we have you know your friends, your leaders, and your followers, and Ended up talking about this whole age of social media that we're living in one of the greatest times to gain influence uh, than ever. It's the easiest time to gain influence. You gain influence instantly when you put a great picture up that people like. They like it, they follow you. They be, you become influential, you become a leader overnight. Boom. I was talking to a, a guy um, who teaches Dr. King's philosophy. He walked with Coretta Scott King. Before she passed away, he's, I mean, he's, oh, I mean, he might be 80, almost 80, but he's a senior trainer. He, like, he is the top trainer in the world of Dr. King's philosophy. And he said, Sam, how do you know you're a leader? He said, you turn around and you see if anybody's following you. <laughs> and so for us living in this social media age, all of us are becoming leaders overnight, whether we like it or not. When people friend us on Facebook, when they follow us on Instagram, when they, you know, it, when it hit us up on MySpace, even though nobody's using that, uh, or Twitter, right? They, we literally become leaders. And so the question is, how, how are we going to leverage that influence to help the world become a better place? But also, as we talk through the topic of, you know, help finding your voice sometimes is easier to find when you help others find their voice. Uh, I think it helps you because when you start leading people um, and mentoring people, something comes out of you that you didn't know was there almost every single time. I mean, how I figured out who I was and even got to where I am is because I was just, I was so focused on helping young adults be better and, and solve their problems. I said, you know what? This is a problem I see. Let me jump into their life. Let me help them. And I realized, oh my goodness, I have a gift for inspiring people. And I didn't even know that until I started helping folks. And then folks were like, hey, you, you need to do this more. As people started coming to me left and right, I was like, oh, oh my goodness, how does it, I mean, how many singers do we know that didn't know they could sing until they started singing? The only reason they started singing was because nobody else was there to sing. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, nobody's here. I, I, I just want to, I, I want to meet a need. I want to help out. I want to, you know, whatever. And they jump in and they discover something about themselves uh, that they never knew 
was there. Also, I think when you start mentoring people and, and you start um, interviewing the people that you're mentoring about why they want you to even mentor them, they, they will tell you things about you um, that you didn't even know was present. And I think we need people, folks on the outside to go, hey, you, you know, you, like you said, you, you dress really well. <laughs> right? Like you, that you, there's something about you when you get around kids. You know what? When I, I love you the best when you're helping me, you know, work out my life situations. And, you, you know, you, you have this thing you do. I mean, people just start talking to you because I, I think sometimes you can't see the forest from the trees when you're in the woods, you know? And so I think you need somebody on the outside to look in. And that's what happens when you start mentoring. Those folks that you're mentoring pour back into you. Yeah. So something I want to ask you is, like, do you, like, why do you think there's such a, like, there's such a strong desire for people to look for mentors versus trying to be a mentor? Why do you think mm. that is? <sighs> now we're getting controversial. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I think society makes us that way. Mm -hmm. um, there was a hard lesson I had to learn one day that I teach all of my friends or people that go, Sam, help me figure out what I'm doing. Help me accomplish my dreams. And, you know, you figured out your voice helped me find mine. And what I have to tell them is, Nobody cares about your dreams. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> and I go, now, let me, let me break that down. I said, that's a generalization, and it's really extreme. But the point I'm trying to make is that as humans and in society, we've been wired to care about ourselves first. Yeah. We've been wired. Self-preservation. We have been wired to look to think about us first. And so love is something um, or, or should I say, giving is something that doesn't come natural yeah. for us in this world because we're so uh, wired to take and take and take and take. And so it, it's one of the reasons why it was so difficult for me to find my voice because, I, and this is why I talk about being around the right leaders and being around the right friends, is because I was, I, I was walking with leaders that were more focused on them than they were me. And so I'm going, Man, you're not trying to give to me. You're not trying to help me. You're you're trying to take from me. Like you're you're not really mentoring me. You're you're kind of acting like you're helping me so that I so you can leverage whatever I have for your personal gain. And that doesn't help me. I, I've had folks that I you know, one thing we say in the book is, you know, never follow someone who hasn't been where you're trying to go. Because I had folks that I was following that one had never been where I was trying to go, but also they just wanted me to be in their life because they, they were hoping I would make it and it would give them a brand. You know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, like, you, and, and you sold me on this idea that you could really help me, but really you've never done this and you're only in this for yourself. And the same thing with friends. You know, do you have people around you that are cheering you on or are they pulling you down because they're more focused on them? So I think to answer the question, I think, man, I think we're just we're just wired to be selfish in this life. And I think that's why the gospel is so transformative, because it literally it literally jumps into us and transforms us. It, it, it makes us the opposite of what this world wants us to be. Yeah. 
something that you get asked a lot about whenever it comes to finding your voice? Like, what's something that people ask you a lot about, but but that is something that you think that people are underestimating whenever it comes to finding their voice? Woo! Big question. Big question. Um, that's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of the time, um, I'm telling you, this is one of the biggest questions I get. I mean, how do I know what my voice is? How do I know? How do I know what my voice? Like, how do you figure it out? In other words, how do I find my purpose? How do I discover my lane? Like, how do I find it? And I always say, it's not about, and this is going to sound contradictory, but it is. It's not about finding your voice. It's about surrendering to your voice. And so that's one of the reasons I say, you know, uh, uh, that when you're mentoring other people, it does something for you. Because what happens is, is that you get out of the way and your voice automatically just appears. It just goes, soup. And I think so many of us are trying to find something that's already there. That if you would just put yourself in the right atmosphere with the right mentor or with the right friends or uh, uh, leading others and mentoring others, that your voice would just appear. And you go, wow, I, I didn't know that that's who I was, but it was. And most of the time, we're, we're fighting our voice. You're getting like the uncensored version. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, we fight who we really are because we've either been, you know, and I don't want to get too spiritual, but I, I think the enemy attacks us um, in the area in which we've been uniquely gifted. Sure. Mm -hmm. yep. um, because, you know, one, he, he, he sees it and he doesn't want us to do it. And so for some of us, I mean, how many preachers do we know that were hurt by the church before they became preachers? I mean, how many preachers' kids do we know that became incredible? Like when we think about Andy Stanley's story, I mean, we think about it. I mean, he, he went through so much at his dad's church uh, that he, he could have given up. He saw so many things that were wrong about the church from, you know, age five all the way up to where he is now. And I th the enemy allows for us to see that type. Well, let me, the enemy wants us to see that type of stuff so that it can discourage us from even being associated with church at all. I I've got I've got friends that I know the call of God is on their life for ministry. But because they grew up in a church that hurt them or they saw too much, they said, I don't want anything to do with church. They met judgmental Christians and they said, I don't want anything. Uh, yeah, I don't want to do it. And, and, and they're running away from who they already are. I think another, another way that we run away is, you know, the enemy convinces us that everybody can do what we do. Oh, everybody can do a podcast called The Learner's Coin. Everybody can do it, right? And, and we, or, you know, everybody's doing a podcast, so that means I shouldn't do it. And it's like, no, that doesn't mean that. Just because everybody else is, is trying to do something or just because you think everybody else can do it, what you guys do is not natural. And so it's a gift, but he'll put, he'll allow people to come around us and put people around us and friends that try to minimize the greatness that is inside of us. That's why I talk about that atmosphere. That atmosphere is so important. Mm. Who are you around? Are you in an atmosphere of greatness that, that pushes you in the right direction, that, that is for you, that, is, that, that helps you surrender to who you already are, that doesn't destroy what's already natural about you or try to minimize your greatness. You about to get me passionate. I'm, I'm, I'm about to start <laughs> preaching. <I'm, laughs> I 
think people underestimate um, their gifts. That's what I say. How did you learn to accept the voice that you have versus trying to have somebody else's voice? Yeah, man. I I think um, leaders, friends, followers, um, all of those folks helped me surrender to who I already was. And so the way I did it was um, I was at a conference. So we're talking about, you know, distant mentors. And um, Bishop Jakes, T.D. Jakes was speaking and he said something that I'll never forget. He said, he said, most of us spend 20% of our time doing what we're amazing at. And 80% of our time doing what we think we're amazing at. And he said, and people just deal with the 80 to get the 20. Woo! Boom! And so he, so what he said is, he said, you guys as leaders, you're going to have to figure out what your 20 is and switch the percentage. And spend 80% of your time doing what you were spending 20% of your time doing. He said, but you got to figure out what your 20 is. And so... What he told us to do was call friends and call leaders and mentors that we that we believed in and, and even hit up folks that maybe we were mentoring that that we know see us. And he said, I want you to ask them two questions. What's special about me? And what gift or talent do I have uh, that that is incredible? And so I started doing that. I started calling on my phenomenal friend circle, right? The the friends that were for me, the friends that were pushing me in the right you know, direction, the friends that weren't hating on me, the leaders that, that, that were supposed to be leading me, all of those things, not the ones that were being selfish. I called them and I said, hey, what, what's special about me? And people started telling me. And, and, and one thing I left out that Bishop Jake said that I love, he said, when they tell you, believe them. Woo! <laughs> He said, when, people, when your friends, I mean, the right, that's why it's so important, put yourself in the right atmosphere, get the right friends, get the right leaders, you know, pick the right folks to lead. He said, so important. He said, because when you pull on that village and you ask them, I mean, you, you, you're doing this, you're opening your hands to them and you're going, here's my soul, speak into it. Yeah. Here's my life, speak into it. That's why it's so important uh, who, you're, who you're around. He said, but when, when they tell you, Believe. Can you repeat those two questions again? Did For sure. Say, first question. For the listeners. Yeah, no. The first Not question. That I'm taking notes over here. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first question is, what's special about me? Second question is, what gifts or talents do I have that are incredible? That, you know, unique, all of those things. Yeah, that's so good. Well, Sam, just as we're getting ready to wrap up here, um, we have a few questions that we love to ask all of our guests. Yeah. And the first one is what's one thing right now that you started doing recently that is helping you either personally or professionally right now? Okay. Ask me again. Yeah. What's one thing that is helping you either personally or professionally right now? Mm. Mm. One thing that's helping me professionally or personally that's such a good question i mean i feel like i, I don't want to give you a textbook answer that's why i'm like thinking i'm like you know let me not just say prayer <laughs> actually 
actually, I think that you'd be the first person yeah, that's ever be told the us first prayer. person. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, most people make this into like a thing, and they give us they give us an app or something. <laughs> They're like, you know, I really started using Evernote. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will tell you, man. Prayer, um, spending time with God has been transformative for me, um, especially um, because you know I'm an entrepreneur, and so uh, I, you know, I live my life in the wind. You know, I'm always launching new stuff and I got, you know, I got books and I got all this whatever. And so I'm kind of doing my, I got to kind of do my thing and, and hope that it works out. And what's interesting is I can find myself a lot of times um, putting all the pressure on me or, you know, saying, you know what, it, it's up to me to make it happen. And when I spend time in prayer, what the Lord reminds me is that all the success that I have is from him. All of the opportunities that I get is from him. Anything I have worked talking about is for him. And so when I'm in those moments where I'm going, oh, how are we going to get the book out? You know, how are we going to let people know about? He's like, I'm going to do that. He said, but you got to give that back to me and take it off yourself and go, you know. And so I remember I, I remember I was on the plane. I was on a plane recently when this when this when this book came out and I sat, you know, I was in I was in and I was praying. I was in the seat praying and and I had to and God said, give the I want you to give the book back to me. <laughs> I mean it was wild. He was like, I want you to take he's like, I you I, I wrote it with you, right? Through you. Now I want you to give it back to me. So I'm on the plane with my hands like this, like just with, a, with the book, people are looking at me like I'm crazy. And I, it's like I'm dedicating a baby. <laughs> and I'm holding up this book and I'm saying, okay, God, this is your book. You know, whatever. I want you to put this in the hands of whoever needs to read it. And it's on you. Any success from now on or influence that comes out of this is, is, is because you did it. And um, after that, you know, I called you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and you said, yes, he's already working. So, I mean, I, I really do believe, I hope that doesn't sound too cliche, but I, I think there's something about when we get quiet and we go, okay, God, you know, help me out. You know, what am I supposed to be doing? I think he speaks to us. Um, so that's been one, um, obviously, reading a ton of books, you know, the typical. Yeah. Uh, what are you reading, reading right now that's good? Oh, man. Um, Bishop Jakes has a book, Soar. Mm -hmm. I always, you know, I'm in and out of Reggie Joyner's books, New Kind of Leader, uh, Andy Stanley, uh, you know, uh, Visioneering. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest books I read by Andy was called Making Vision Stick. Woo! Yeah. It's a little book. Have you read it? Yeah. It's a little book. But it is, I mean, it is powerful. Listen, the obsession for us with Andy Stanley is a real thing. <laughs> exactly. It, you know, it was, I think the first book that somebody gave me to read was an Andy Stanley book that was like in, like once I had become an intern and like I was in, it was like, they were like, you need to read anything that has the two words Andy Stanley printed on the front of it. Wow. Just read, just read those. <laughs> because it's gonna, it's gonna, it's going to be good for your soul. It's going to teach you stuff. So, yeah. No, I, yeah. 
That's well, a thing. Not, I, look, I, I, that's not a bad idea. Let me say that right now, right? I mean, podcasts um, have been great for me in this season. Obviously, Andy's leadership podcast, but also, I'm going to say he's a little controversial. If you can stomach him as a believer, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, Dude. my God. Oh, yeah. I literally talk about Gary oh, yeah. all the time. Listen, he, he, he's got some profanity going on, right? I just want to put that out there for all the Christians. Um, but when we talk about balancing the whole, you know, I don't know what, you know, depending on how people are, you believe theologically, but the whole king and priest mindset that we are kings oh, yeah. and priests, that I think, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on the priest side, right? Like we know how to pray. We know how to worship. We know, but we have, but have we, have we learned how to govern our lives? And have we, you know, have we learned how to master marketing? And, you know, when we talk about being a good steward of what God has given us, it's like, you know, we got to have that natural side and we got to perfect that. You know, we talk about God adding his super to our natural. Like we got to bring something to the table that he can take and then go, Boom. I mean, everybody that we love that's doing something incredible for the kingdom, when you sit down with them, after they turn off the mic and stop praying and their brains cut on, oh my gosh. Andy Stanley's one of the best business people I've ever met. Reggie Joyner, I mean, when we were even talking about this book, he's like, all right, we need to do this and let's think this way. Let's try to find a felt knee. I mean, he was just boom, 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 boom. Gary Vaynerchuk, he helps you. If you can stomach the profanity again, yeah. um, he will help you focus. I use his principles in children's ministry. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I use some of the things he talks about with getting content out there, being able to do I use it to be to partner with parents. I literally use a lot of the stuff he talks about to well, give me one. Give me one. So so one of the things I started doing was uh, whenever I got to the, the job I'm at now. There wasn't really any social media presence yeah. for for the children's ministry stuff. And so, you know, my boss and I were talking and and uh, she's like, you know, one of the things I really want you to do is kind of champion and, and really do the social media thing. I, I'll tell you, I got to tell you, I have been using his principles for how to post, when to post, what to post. Um, con- his con- He's got this episode out right now. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Y'all can yeah. go find it. It is on content creation. <laughs> I have never heard some of the stuff that he's right. This man, <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? And, and folks, you know, I, I talk about him at the church and I get this a lot, you know, but Todd, the way he, t- and I, was, I totally get it. Like if that, if you can't, like, if that's a thing for you, Totally get it. Ask me because I've listened to every single freaking thing he puts out. <laughs> I will break it down in Christianese language for you. Yeah, because this stuff is so high level. He, he so he gets on and he's talking about he. I, I we I know we got to get moving, but I'm just like he's oh, talking no, about. No, I I agree because here's what I think we miss as Christians. I think um, we miss half of Proverbs. Half. Mm. <laughs> it's like half of Proverbs is like basic wisdom yeah. on how to win in this life. Yeah. We miss half of it. 
and we just focus on the prayer part and the this and it's like wait a minute it's like it, it's i it's like when people tell me you know it's too much strategy i'm going jesus had so much strategy it was unbelievable like when you i i, I preach a sermon where I kind of outline, I, I start talking about Jesus' strategy when he launched the disciples out. Before, before he died, when he was like, hey, I can't go over there, I want y'all to go. And he gave them step by step, do this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this, don't do this, don't say this, do it like this. I mean, he was giving them a path and a strategy for how to do everything. Jesus had a ton of strategy. And sometimes, um, you know, if I use the term the world, they have, they, they've mastered how to win in this life more than believers. Yeah. And I'm going, if we could just, <laughs> if we could get both and put them together, how much more influential would the church be? Oh, yeah. Right. I, I, if, you, if, if y'all haven't read it yet, listening, if you haven't read Gary Vaynerchuk's new book, Crushing It, you need to do that. That's all I've got. That's all the more I've got to say about Gary. <laughs> That's all the more I've got to say about Gary B. Gary um, B. How, Sam, how do you learn best? Hmm. I, mentors, being around people. Um, I'm a visual learner. Um, I, you know, YouTube, obviously podcasts are king for me. Sure. Because I can just listen and I can go and I can process. I'm, I'm best when I'm not taking notes. I'm going to be honest. Like, there are a lot of folks that learn from, no, like my wife. She needs to write while you're talking because it's something that happens in her. I need, I need to look at you. And then I go, hold on, stop. Say it again. All right, hold on, stop. Say it again. And I will spend an hour on one concept. And then I'll never have to write it down because it'll be in my brain and in my heart. So for me, that's the best thing for me. It's just, that's why I love Gary Vee because he can say something. I can push pause. And I can go, okay, hold on, let me. And when, when I, what I'm doing is while I am, you know, soaking on that principle, on one principle, I am applying it to a hundred different areas in my life yep, while I'm thinking. I was, right? Yep. Right? <laughs> it's like, and, and for me, and I have a tendency to try to want, uh, to try to want to make people learn how I learn. I'm like, hold on, put your, put your pencils down. Put your pencils down. Okay? Just look at me. Look at me. I want to spend, and, and they're like, Sam. Sam okay, 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 okay. <laughs> That's not how you learn, but it is how I learn. I got to soak on something. Gotcha. If you could have everybody learn one thing, this could be about what we've been talking about with your with your new book. It could be about whatever. It could be about you want them to learn how to properly scramble eggs. What would that one thing be? I want people to learn how to surrender to who they already are. That's the one thing. And the reason I want them to learn that is because it is from that place, I think, that all life flows for us. When you can get in your zone and you can surrender to who God has already made you to be and stop running from it and put fear down, finances unlocked for you, influence unlocked for you, peace, happiness, fulfillment, significance, it all unlocks for you when you become who you are. And life just, you know, uh, Oprah calls it, you know, getting in the water, like, right? Brian Houston calls it the grace zone. Um, Andy calls it your gift, you know? Yeah. Um, I call it surrendering to who God's already made you to be. 
Sam, what are you learning right now? Man, I am learning um, how to eliminate so I can focus. I am a, you know, I'm the type of guy that, you know, if I, if I were to start a new business, right, what I would do is I would oversaturate the market. First, I would get 3,000 leads on it, you know, coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in, and then I would just go through and then work, you know, okay, let me pick that one, let me pick that one, and then I would pick from there. I hate, I hate um, choosing from nothing. I would rather have 10 than two and then choose from the 10. You know, I, I, I like to get the ball rolling, and then I'm like, oh, everybody slow down, everybody slow down, slow down. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, what I'm learning now is how to eliminate um, so I can focus. Um, because mastery as a, you know, uh, I think it, it wasn't Tim Keller, Gary Keller, who wrote the book, The One Thing. Um, he talks about this journey he went on of discovery, um, of understanding how success really worked because he built a million dollar organization, but he was unhappy at the end and everybody hated him. And so he said, how can I do this again without losing all of my friends? <laughs> And my family hating me and me and everybody, you know. And so he said he, he did a deep dive on what was the core elements of his success in his organization. And what he realized was that it wasn't that he had everybody showing up on time. It wasn't that he was a warden. It wasn't that he was so focused. It was mastery. He said that mastery was the key to success. That if you can figure out how to be the best in something or extremely gifted and, and amazing at, at whatever you're trying to do, that everything else will catch up to it. So then when he went into his new organization, he said, that's all I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to be the warden. I'm not going to be, I'm going to focus on us mastering our product and our, and our customers. And if we can master it, we got it. And so he did it. And uh, the question he started asking, well, you know, what is the one thing that I can do that in me doing it um, makes everything that I want to do unnecessary or easier. And so, yeah, well, go Sam, ahead. It's been great talking with you on the podcast today. If people want to continue to learn from you and find the book, where's the best place for them to do that? Listen, if they go to samcollier.tv, so that's www.samcollier.tv, Dot TV, they can get the book there. They can find out more about what I'm doing. Or they can just go to Amazon. Go to Amazon right now. Type in Find Your Voice, Sam Collier. It's going to pop up. Or if you want, if you're in youth ministry, right, go to orangebooks.com, I believe. Yeah, I think it's orangebooks.com. Or the thing Orange Store and just type it in and come up. Listen, listen, if you... Or anybody out there that wants to find their voice, no matter what age you are, I want you to get the book. If you know a student in college or in high school or even in your ministry, students in your ministry that need to find their voice, I want you to get it for them, buy it for their cousins. It's what I wish I would have heard starting out in ministry, uh, starting out as an entrepreneur, um, and it's what I wish I would have heard in high school, too. I think I would have went further faster. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Caleb J. Mason. Hey! <laughs> That's literally a tribute to you, Sam, because we had that much fun, too. We Caleb, did. Caleb, what is something that you took away from our episode? 
First of all, there's just so much that I took away from the whole episode. I think one of the things that really stood out to me was the importance of not only being mentored, but of mentoring someone else. And so I would say that's really just one of the things that really stood out to me. Um, to find out the rest of my takeaways, um, just buy Sam's book. <laughs> just buy. So the major thing I think, um, and I, I wrote an article about this, um, just about the book as well as just some things that I learned, I think, from uh, not only just from our conversation with Sam, but but also through the podcast, is, uh, is the importance of... And I mentioned this in the thing of to, to find your voice, um, helping somebody else to find theirs. And I just think there's a lot of power in that. So I want you guys to buy the book. I want you guys to read it. And then I want you to give it to somebody because I think it's that powerful. I think it's that important of a conversation. If you have right now a high schooler, uh, a lot of high schoolers just graduated, um, college students graduated. Before, I'm just going to go month. ahead and put it out there and just say, if you're breathing, you need this you book. You need to read this book. And the reason why isn't because Sam is a friend. The reason why is because I truthfully believe that in five years, when people are 18, 19 years old, they're starting out in a position of where they're going to be learning how to be a leader. I think this is going to become a, a basic leadership primer in a book that you're going to want to revisit once a year as you just kind of hone and refine what your voice is. And I just think it's that good. I second that option. Now, as we mentioned in the intro, we're having two episodes all throughout the entire month of June. And all I got to say is buckle your seatbelts. Caleb's making me work this month. Because we have an incredible episode next week. Actually, not next. Not next week, bro. This Thursday. Well, there's going to be incredible episodes yes, next week, too. There are. But we got one on, t- on we Thursday. We got one on Thursday. We're going to be talking with Shane Snow. Oh, my goodness. So, guys, I haven't said, well, there's a lot of episodes that Caleb gets giddy about. But literally, this book came. Caleb started reading it. And this guy, every time for about two weeks, two, three weeks, whenever we would get together, it was did you see that? And did you? And what? And how? And ooh? And then we get to the ep- then we get to the interview, and it was just as awesome. And his book is called Dream Teams. It's how teams work together without falling apart. And so the best way to make sure you don't miss that next episode is by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, literally whatever podcast player you use. Subscribe to it as soon as possible. That means now. Also, leave a rating, write a review of the podcast on iTunes. is the best way to show us um, your appreciation. And honestly, it really means a lot to us because it shows that you value what you're doing, what, what we're doing. And so we would appreciate it a ton. Let us know what you're learning through social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever it is, and tag us in that. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. My name is Caleb Mason. My name is Todd Hicksonball. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing.